Hello and welcome back to the podcast, It's Not Woo, It's Real. I'm your host, Cara Wilde, and this, my friends, is episode eight. So, it's been a few weeks since I released the last podcast, and that's because of two things. First of all, I wasn't sure if I was going to broadcast this episode, the topics that I've got planned for this episode, but then kind of realized that... Everything that's going to unfold from now on in my business, in my work, in the podcast can't happen until this episode goes out. So hmm, that answered that. And I still had a missing piece of emotional work that I needed to do in order for this to just feel like the next natural step, which is how I want to run my business and live my life like an organic unfolding, even though it can be uncomfortable and uncertain, it's just this nice, natural step kind of feeling. So I've arrived there. I'm sharing the information I am on this because it's pivotal for you to understand where I'm coming from. If you've been following my business for a while, if you've been listening to the previous podcasts of The Way of the Sensitive, and just I want to present a cohesive way of making sense of how I'm, my offers are going to be changing slightly, how I'm offering slightly different and new and more in-depth, exciting. Ah, really, this is my life's work now. So most of you know me as a channel. First of all, to Aurora, if you were back with me in 2010 when I first started this business, or more recently over the past, I don't know, oof, eight nine years as channels the ancients and some of you also know though I don't currently advertise this but some of you also know that I'm a energy psychology practitioner so that means that I do EFT tapping I'm in Gary Craig's official EFT course now and that the spiritual group that goes along with that I also have changed in various modalities over the years that all have that same theory that changes at the energetic and nervous system level are the ones that have the most profound impact and this episode I'm going to be sharing why I do that why I think that is the working at that level has the biggest impact on our systems in order to evoke the change that we want and how my work is coming together all areas of it to support those of us that want to be part of the creation of I don't know even know what name to give it these days but just you know Eckhart Tolle calls it the new earth I've spoken to it about a new you know the heaven on earth Wayne Dyer spoke about it as like heaven being a state and not a place. It's the what Abraham Hick talks about with the law of attraction. It's our human evolution, the next leap that we're going to take. So it's for those of us that want to help be part of birthing that for the collective and also for ourselves as an individual. You know, so from a, on a deeply personal level, what it means to embody your soul and your soul's joy in your life. And those two things go together for me. So predominantly my work tends to be that I work with people that want, that have more of a 
collective outlook on life. So, and they might struggle with their own individual needs, but they they do they want to be part of a collective shift as well as an individual shift. I think that's what I find really special about the people that I work with. So, okay, so bear with me because this might seem like I'm going all over the place and I might, I might go all over the place. So I'm, what, what I think we need are two things in the most simplistic terms is for our own individual evolution and for our collective evolution we need to we need to release toxins from our system for us of individuals that tends to be trauma that's the area that I kind of specialize in is helping people release trauma and I'll tell you a little bit more about my perspective on trauma in a minute so releasing trauma, and that's where the EFT, OEFT comes in. It's the most efficient, effective way I know of releasing trauma. And the OEFT, the official EFT, is more about bringing in the spiritual healing aspect as well as the more mechanical aspect of, you know, actually tapping on your face. So we need to do that. And we also need to bring in nutrients. So it's not just enough to release toxins and, and create safety for ourselves. We need to bring in nutrients too, so that we can embody joy as well as grief, you know, so that we can be present with all of our emotions and then find an inner peace to grow our, and express our joy from. And the nutrients in terms of my work, what I see, the nutrient aspect of my work is the channeling and the messages from the A's. Because when I'm in that expanded state, so whether that is from me doing breath work or whether it's when I'm working with stone circles in a powerful way, whether I am receiving messages from the land or whether it's I'm channeling the A's or other beings or connecting to other dimensions, the starseed aspects of my family. It's they, from that place, the nutrients come in as ideas and ways of being and information and technology that is beyond my current human belief system. And I think we've got a lot of belief systems that we need to evolve past and we're not quite sure what to replace them with. And I think that's where channeling and messages from the unseen and the divine is just beautiful and necessary and crucial. So in my work, I've been struggling for a while of how to combine all of that together, the channeling and the trauma piece. And I think I've found a way to make sense of it and that way that I've just described we take the toxins out we create safety and then we can put in new nutrients I know that sounds simple <laughs> but it ain't bloody easy and so I want this podcast to be about an evolving constant conversation around how we do those things so the guests are going to be focused on those key areas my sharings are going to be focused on those key areas 
So I feel and I hope that it's going to bring more depth to your listening experience. Certainly going to be a richer expression of my work. Didn't think that I would be doing this at some point. And I just think it's a beautiful blend of the joy that I have from channeling, the deep, deep respect and connection that I have with the earth, and then also the skill set that I have and the passion that I have about EFT and other energy psychology modalities. And if you're in the entrepreneurial fields as me and EFT has not worked for you, please email me because chances are it's because you've been taught how to use EFT with a script and not how to use it so that you can get really deep, really effective, really quickly. So please feel free to email me and I will answer any questions that you've got about that. So I also wanted to share some of my personal and professional experiences of trauma because I've not shared that before and I'm a bit anxious about it because I used to be a lot more open about this and then over the years I've I've changed how how much I do share and how much I offer there's people that are still alive that have been involved in my past that I kind of I want to be respectful around. My friends know the majority of things about me. I'm quite an open book. I wear my heart on my sleeve in my personal life. Um, but professionally and out on the podcast, I've, I have a little bit, but nothing as kind of intimate as what I'm going to do now. So it's not that I'm going to share all the gory details. I'm not. But there's an intimacy to sharing this. And... That's something that I would invite you to pay attention to if you've experienced trauma, like the majority of us, and I'll, I'll explain more about what I think about trauma. I keep promising that, don't I? I'm going to do. But big T trauma, you know, that when you do decide to share it, like, it's, it's a precious thing. It's that kind of experience when you do share it it is precious that you do and I'd I want you to start seeing it like that and appreciating it as something that people kind of need to earn the right to hear you know they need to earn the right to hear it and that it's really important that there is safety with the person that you're sharing it with because it's a very different experience when you share that aspect of your life and your story with somebody that knows how to receive that and how to witness it yeah but if I'm going to be talking about trauma I think I just want to add an episode around that that shows my credibility in this so for me understanding that I had unpressed, unprocessed trauma that was causing a lot of things in my life to not work in the way that they really should have done and to not be able to make the progress, take the action and to just function in the way that I thought I should be able to function. So I know these days the idea of 
trauma, the trauma response, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, regulating, co-regulating, it's kind of all over the internet. But eight years ago, when the A's came through and said, you really could do with benefit from understanding your nervous system, how to trust your gut, and the difference between intuition and fear would be really good. (laughs) It wasn't around in the way that it is now. So there was a big, obviously over COVID, I think our understanding of trauma really came to the fore and over the internet some of it is better quality training than others I've got to say but seven eight years ago maybe a little bit more when the ace first said that I signed up and did Irene Lyons flagship program smart body smart mind it was the start of colonizing my own system you know so not separating not seeing the mind and the thoughts and the mind as better than the body but more equal to it was also my first start of my understanding that I most likely had undiagnosed complex PTSD was sharing that so much with my friends I came across the ACE study which is the childhood adverse experiences study and really came across the idea of the link between what I'd seen when I was a drug and alcohol counsellor, that people that experienced addictions, um, they're the ones that had a lot of the, a lot of trauma and the least amount of support. So a bit like Gabon Mate said, you know, there's people that are the addicts of the world aren't the deserving poor. You know, they just had less support and or more trauma than those who are kind of more functioning in the world. It's such a compassionate view. So that was my first introduction to nervous system regulation and understanding how to work with the nervous system. And it was the missing piece for me and brought together EFT and the energy therapies I was doing and the, the healing and also and taught me a more compassionate view of the areas in my life in which I was still struggling. So I am passionate about this, and which is why I want to share more of it going forward. I talk the walk, not walk the talk. So I've done the walking and now I'm talking about it. But I also have got some professional experiences that I do want to share more of the stories and journeys that I've seen over the years so that if you like me and like other clients that I've had really struggle with self-criticism not being able to take action too many ideas and not enough follow-through feeling different from the rest of the world not being able to stop worrying or anxiety or the panic attacks my god the relief that my life when panic attacks finally ended and just that there is hope on the other side and that I want us to be in a continuous conversation about we are how we are all growing and evolving organically together in our understanding of what it means to live as I guess a kind of regulated society god is that you do you think that's that's gotta be that's gotta be it right 
a regulated society and a resourced culture. Mm, that's what we need. So in terms of what I experience and what I've been able to resolve with EFT and other energy, psychology modalities and also spiritual healing, my background and my childhood was I was raised in domestic violence, there was sexual abuse, some ritual abuse, mind control, crime, <laughs> poverty, and then I managed to um, flee that. We did the whole fleeing down in the middle of the night and escaped and then went to live in completely different surroundings with a lot more money, a bit more stability, well, a lot more stability than that. It wasn't happy after ever after from there, but the, the big T trauma like that was over. And I managed to keep a lid on that and just function. I kind of disassociated. I've spoken to about this in different podcasts before. I think the reason why I was able to retain such a strong connection with spirit is because I never really landed in physical reality. It was just like, I don't think so. So a lot of my memories started off disassociated. It took me a long time to even feel like I had a body. Never mind land in it and take up space in it the embodiment process for me was a rough and bumpy landing that resulted in severe panic attacks at some points in my life I had severe agoraphobia I couldn't leave the house for more than 10 seconds I had OCD tendencies that god when I remember those times they were just if you're experiencing that they're just so hard sometimes but I would just be halfway through a meal and halfway through cooking a meal and I would think I just did one thing wrong and I'd have to throw out all of the food because I was terrified that I would harm somebody with my cooking if I'd not done it properly. It was just completely irrational and daily panic attacks, hourly panic attacks, not being able to just crawling on the floor because of the way that they were affecting me. It was not fun. <laughs> and that was a combination of being burnt out from being undiagnosed autistic person, trying to work in a neurotypical framework. I was being bullied in work and I didn't see it coming. I didn't notice what was going on. I just knew that something just like wasn't good at work and I was getting set up by my work colleagues and I just couldn't understand it because I just didn't think they would do that kind of thing this is when I was a counsellor <laughs> so it was it was a combination of that but mostly it was unprocessed trauma in my system that I had no idea was unprocessed so I'd got I'd been having flashbacks and memories coming back and I knew some of what had happened to me I'd not got to the extent where I have now where I've uncovered more memories and done even more work but the bit that I really want to hone in on was at that time in my life and I'm talking 20 years ago now at that time in my life I thought there was something wrong with me because I just couldn't cope with stress so like I said, it felt like I just couldn't cope with stress that everybody else seemed to be able to deal with. 
And like I say, now I can see that part of it was I didn't realise that I was neurodiverse at the time, so that my and, and my needs were different. But most of it was the unprocessed trauma. So let me just pause there and think about what I want to explain to you and how I want to explain it in case it's because I want this to be useful for the listener. So if you're in a situation now where it looks like other people can cope with life a lot more than you can and there must be something wrong with you that's what I felt like at that time it's just like what are all these hardy people that can cope with these things why can't I just cope with stressors now when I mean stresses I was on call 24 24 7 every other week at this point when I was working in rehab I had a heavy caseload I was working with people that had significant needs I was dealing with calls from residents who were suicidal at two or three o'clock in the morning and you know and and dealing with it on the phone it was intense work you know and that's not everybody's cup of tea but I really enjoyed my really enjoyed my work the work at that agency was some of the best I've ever experienced I felt like it was really making a difference so the stress wasn't the stress for me wasn't because of the unreasonable expectations although you know in the charities and voluntary organizations that can tend to be true now I know like I say it was a combination of not realizing I was neurodiverse but also my system was carrying around so much internalized unprocessed trauma I don't know how I managed to function I didn't realize that it wasn't normal to just feel terrified all the time Feeling terrified all the time was just the norm for me. I didn't know how I feel now even could exist. And this is how it was explained to me. So let me backtrack. So if you are looking around thinking, everybody else seems to be able to deal with life better than I can, then maybe what I'm going to say next is true for you. So you can have two people that experience the same stressor So it could be a car accident, it could be a bereavement, it could be a stressful job. And two people could experience it very differently. One person could just bounce back a lot quicker. And the other person, it could be that one incident just spirals off these whole physical physical diseases. They suddenly start getting ill, they're not recovering as well. Or it could start off with, like, with me, with some kind of, like, I ended up having a kind of mental breakdown, really. Or, I don't like that term, but, you know, developing the panic attacks, the OCD tendencies, the agoraphobia. It was just too much for my system. And here's how it was explained to me when I did some trauma training, and it's just so good. So if you imagine your body is kind of like... Imagine instead of a body, you've got a swimming pool (laughs) and your body is this swimming pool and it's got all these beach balls in and they're all different sizes. Some are bigger than others. And the idea is that when a stressor comes in, because we're not supposed to live without stress, there's good stress. A stressor comes in, that's like throwing another beach ball into the swimming pool full of beach balls. If there's plenty of space, there's not too many beach balls in there, you know, it'll just come in, it'll stir things up just a little bit and then things will settle down again. 
But if you've got a swimming pool that's chocker with beach balls already, you get one more thing coming in and it just, all these beach balls just fly all over the place. It's too much, they swim, you know, they bounce outside of the swimming pool. If you think that the beach balls are trauma, unresolved traumatic events, internalized stresses that we've not processed, then that's why some people can bounce back. They've not got many beach balls inside them. Other people like me, you know, a stressful job, finding out that experiencing that bully was just the final straw and all my beach balls came out all over the place, all over my life, all over my living room carpet, all over the bedroom, filled the house up, you know. It couldn't have been bigger. It was party time. And that showed up as the panic attacks. It showed up as the other things that I've just experienced, I've just expressed. And so... For me, when I discovered that, I'm like, oh my God, there's nothing wrong with me. In fact, oh my God, look at what I've lived with. Look at what I've managed. And this can be different. So the way that I used EFT and OEFT is I took each of those beach balls, which you can see as like a really specific event, and I collapsed the emotional response using EFT. I removed the trigger, so you, when you use EFT in a specific way, it's like taking a beach ball out. And so over the years, I've learned different ways of taking the beach ball out. I've also trained in somatic experiencing, and I haven't trained in somatic experiencing. I've tried other modalities. I've had some somatic experiencing sessions, walking in, being in nature, working with power centers, connecting with the A's and the non-physical. I've also been lucky enough to be a client of Gary Craig's. I actually channeled for him as well, which I know he's okay with because he shared it himself on his own newsletter. I've had cranial sacral therapy. I've done all sorts of different things to empty my swimming pool (laughs) so that when stressors come in now, there's not that same volcanic reaction. So I'm hoping that as you're listening to me, if you are a person that you know you've got trauma in your past and some of it is incomplete or unresolved, that might be why you are procrastinating, not taking action, not following through on your ideas, feeling panicked all the time, scared of being visible. What else comes up for clients quite a lot? depression, feeling low for no reason, highs and then lows, struggling to cope with feelings of joy or excitement, anything that shows up as a dysregulated nervous system. So that's like high and low and high or low and staying low, you know, then maybe this is something that you could look into yourself. In the end, I've kind of over the years developed my own methodology and with the work that I had as a professional combined with my client work that I've been doing since 2004 I've had a personal practice and then everything that I've learned through channeling I've kind of pulled all these things together so that when I work with somebody it's really quite bespoke and unique but my fallback is still EFT and OEFT combined with being in nature and channeling if anything comes up for me so The last thing that I want to mention today is how we define trauma. And when I've said this to friends, they're like, oh my God, I never knew that. So 
in case you never knew that, a trauma is not the event. So we can have things like, we think of shock traumas like a car accident or a physical accident, a skiing accident. Uh, if you're not as privileged as that, tripping up in the road, I, I don't know, you know, like these are shock traumas, a bereavement, a sudden, a, you lose your job. COVID was a shock trauma, really. And if you think of trauma as being too much too soon for your system, that gives you an understanding of the next piece that you need to know about trauma. Trauma is not the event, it's your experience of the event. The more sensitive you are, the less it needs to be a huge event for it to be feeling like a trauma in your system. So another way to think about trauma is it's an unfinished cycle of response. So when we have a stressor come in, our body responds in a particular way and it a particular cycle has to be completed in order for then our system to be able to just release it. So the beach ball comes in, our system does something to it and then it can just let it go again. If that system, if that process is interrupted in any way, like if you're living in an environment where you don't feel safe, your system's not going to process events, stressful events effectively and it can result in trauma and when it's tiny traumas like this I like to tell clients that it's like little tiny events that just like paper cuts over and over and over and over and over again you know enough paper cuts enough little things like critical parents growing up or some daily bullying at school that's just a drip 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 of subtle things they're like enough of those paper cuts and you've got no flesh left you know, so it's really important that we do not judge and put on a hierarchy the trauma. So I'll go into more details in future episodes. I've spoken quite a lot today. I don't want to say too much more. But if you think that, you know, maybe you weren't able to cry to process your grief, you had to put on a tough front so school friends couldn't see that you were affected by what they were saying you weren't able to express anger fully so you weren't you weren't able to fully complete a fight response all of those little things is what keeps trauma stuck inside so it's like i've said there's no such thing as a negative emotion other than those that aren't processed and not processing emotion is not fulfilling the trauma response so i think it's really important that you just remember trauma is not the event it's our experience of the event. And I think trauma for me, you can't see me because it's audio, but I'm putting my hands up in front of my face as though I'm trying to stop something from happening. And it's that stance that you're bracing because something's coming at you and it's just too much, too fast. That's trauma. So I don't know that there's anybody alive that's not experienced trauma. And Peter Levine and others say that trauma is just, is it's, it's not a bad thing, it's life, but it's how we dance with it. It's how we respond to it. It's how we experience it that makes a difference. So, like I said, I will leave in the show notes a link to the ACE studies, hoping that's still around. 
Now, so I can think that might be resourceful. Complex PTSD book that I read that was just a game changer, and I want to talk in the future about what an emotional flashback is to help you understand. And then the summing up that the podcast going forward and my work is going to be a combination of resolving trauma and then bringing in the nutrients of the A's and their new way of looking at things, their reframes. And that is going to evolve. And I'm really excited. And I hope you'll join me. And if anybody wants to, if you want to DM me or email me, you can find me on Instagram as Wildcara. So if you would like to, if you want to tell me how this episode landed for you, you want to share some of your own experience, obviously take care of yourself, of what you share with me in something through the DMs, you know, text is just, yeah, it's not easy. But if you if you have any questions about this or if there's any topics that you would like me to dive into, any guests that you think could be juicy and good, then please feel free to DM me on Instagram or Facebook. You'll see the links in the show notes or you can email me at coracorawild.com. And yeah, exciting times going forward. So in much love, I will leave it there. And may you always know that you are safe, that you are a blessing and that you are loved. Bye for now.